This is the Clean Soul Podcast, and I'm Dennis Curtis, your host. Also, you can follow me on Instagram at Papa. I do reels there. Today's podcast is titled, I'm Telling the Truth. You know, when we know something that's really good, we want to share that truth. And that's a little bit of what I want to talk about today. I've done another podcast titled Worship, and it's a good 30,000-foot view of worship in general. If you haven't already listened to it, uh, when you get a chance, go out there and listen to it. It's a, it's a pretty good overview. But in this podcast, I want to dig down deep into a couple of little areas of worship. So let's get with it. First off, God does not need our worship to fix his ego. In fact, God doesn't have ego. True worship has been designed for you and for me. It's for our benefit. When you think about God and all that he's done, all that he's created, everything has been designed for us, for our good. When we worship God, we speak of things that he has done. We talk or sing about his attributes, how gracious he is, loving, kind, powerful. But what is going on in our hearts and in our minds as we worship is very important. This is an avenue to line up with truth. You see, the world system is throwing all kinds of garbage at us. Lust and pride, power, bragging, uh, seeking a position. All these things in the world battle against the truth, and they can affect the way we think and the way we act. When we worship God, we line up with the truth, and it positively affects who we are and what we do. Jesus tells us in John chapter 8, verse 32, that if we follow him, that's being obedient to his teaching and his commandments, that we will know the truth, and the truth will set us free, free from the power of sin, of lust, of pride, the love of money. But there's a process, and there is stipulations for us coming to God in worship. In the Old Testament, God set up a system of sacrifice and offering in order to come into his presence. After the deliverance from slavery in Egypt, God had the Israelites build a tabernacle, a place where God would be with his people, a place of meeting with God. This tabernacle worship was a shadow or a type of worship leading to the ultimate worship that you and I can experience today in the new covenant through Jesus' blood sacrifice and his resurrection from the dead. This is a fascinating study when you look into the Old Testament way of worship, but it is a reflection, a shadow of the relationship that we now have with God in the New Testament. Let's read Psalms 100. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who has made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. So here we have a process. 
it's not really a process. God, you know, he's not mechanical in what he does, but it's a way of worshiping God, and he tells us about it here in Psalms 100. It's not all-inclusive by any means, any means, but I want to explore this and look into it just a little bit deeper. Step number one is to acknowledge our Creator with a understanding and a confidence of His goodness and His power so that we can shout and sing and speak of who He is and do it happily. So shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful songs. Know that He is God. Very important that we have a relationship with Him, that we understand who He is, that He is good, that He is loving and kind. Next, with the tabernacle, the Old Testament tabernacle in mind, we enter His gates. In order to go to the tabernacle, there was a fence around it, and only the priests and the Levites could go in through that gate with thanksgiving. We are told to enter into his courts and praise what we are inside of his courts. As born-again Christians, we are now priests of God. Men and women, we come to bring sacrifice. We come to bring thanksgiving and praise. After going through the gate, we enter into that court where the tabernacle is. And if you look at the tabernacle, uh, there was a place of sacrifice, a place of washing, cleansing, before you went in to the holy place. But there's a little bit more to this for us as Christians. Jesus teaches us in John chapter 4, verse 23 and 24, Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, and they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. The process of entering the gates with thanksgiving and its courts with praise can be done in two ways, sincerely or insincerely like mechanically. We just do it because we know we should, without a heart attitude. God is looking for us to speak of His worth, praise and thanksgiving, from our heart, from our spirit man in truth. In other words, He's not looking for false worship. He's not looking for somebody who just comes in there and um, goes through the motions. I remember when I used to go to church many, many years ago, uh, I would go to a specific church, and you would stand up, kneel down, and you'd kind of repeat whatever was in that book. And as I wasn't born again at the time, but it was completely empty worship. There was no heartfelt uh, worship in that time. I just looked around, wondered what the people were thinking. And it wasn't doing anything for me. I was actually there at one time just to please a girl. And it it just doesn't work. That's not the type of worship that God's looking for. We're not to worship to exalt ourselves either. If we worship to exalt ourselves, this is a false worship. You know, we're going there to show somebody that we're godly or to make a showing before other people. Uh, False worship. 
So the worship that we're to do is to be in the spirit realm through the counsel of the Holy Spirit. So we are to read our word, we're to understand who God is, and then we're going to be open to the Holy Spirit to lead us into worship, songs of joy, shouts of praise, gladness. Our agenda, our motive should be to bring glory to God because we've experienced his goodness, his love, his power, his redemption. He sent his son for us who paid the price for our sins and then rose from the dead. Then he sent his Holy Spirit to us. We have a lot to be thankful for. We have a lot to know. We, we know a lot that God has done so many good things for us. Let me make a side point right here uh, that's fitting. Many times, we don't feel like we want to worship God. I get it. Many times, in tough times, uh, low times, uh, maybe you're feeling sick, uh, maybe you're in a conflict uh, at work or with somebody, but our feelings cannot be our master. We have to overcome our feelings. Do I know that God has been good to me? Do I know that he's sent Jesus and paid for my sins? Yes, and so often, many times, my thanksgiving and my praise to God starts with very little motivation, mentally or physically. It's just, I start slow and easy. God, I thank you. I bless you for what you've done for me. But as I do that, I line up my heart and my thinking with the truth. And the truth is God is good and he is worthy of worship. And as I do this, my feelings slowly come into line and my motivation slowly comes into line with who God is. Soon, maybe not always, the feelings and motivation rise up and I'm worshiping with all of my being. So sometimes it takes a little bit of just getting yourself by faith into the mode of giving God thanks, praising him, honoring him, beginning to speak the things of God, his power, his justice, his righteousness, how good he's been to us over the years. And as I continue to do that, worship begins to open the door to the truth of what God, who God is and what he does. And as that truth opens the door, it sets me free. It pushes back all the lust and the, the power grabbing, and the money loving things of this world. It pushes them all aside. And I begin to know who God is in my spirit and worship becomes very easy. So back to the Old Testament, uh, there are three main Hebrew words translated uh, with the English word worship. They mean three things. Number one, to serve. Number two, to bow down. And number three, to fear. So serve and worship are, are really close to the same. But in order to serve God in the Old Testament is that we would be obedient to his commandments and that we would worship and sacrifice to him in accordance with his law. It's the same for us today. If we're obedient, like Jesus said, if we follow him, then the truth will set us free. Bow down. Bow down is to kneel, 
uh, to bow your head, to lay prostrate on the ground. And uh, laying prostrate on the ground is and kneeling is a place of submission and vulnerability. You know, when you get on your knees, you can't just jump up and run. Uh, you're kind of vulnerable in that position as well as laying prostrate. So these are the three words. The last one is fear. Fear is uh, not an evil fear, but it is. Uh, it means to tremble. It means that you have great respect for God's authority and his position and his ability. Jesus mentions fear of the Lord in Luke 12, 4 and 5. He says here, I tell you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who can kill the body and after that can do no more. But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who after your body has been killed has authority to throw you into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. So that's the type of fear that the Old Testament is talking about. And of course, Jesus talks about here. It's a real uh, respect. There's a trembling uh, to understand that God is in control, whether we think we are or not. Uh, you know, Adam and Eve, they tried to, you know, take control of their lives and pass that down to us. And so we, a lot of times, want to take control of our own lives. But we have to understand that God is in control, that he has the authority over our life. Concerning worship and our serving the Lord, there's a few blockages that I want to mention. Number one is uh, reconciliation. Number two is unconfessed sin, which is especially uh, unforgiveness. Listen to what Jesus says in Matthew 5, 23 and 24. It reads, Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them, then come and offer your gift. What Jesus is saying here is that it is our responsibility to get right with other people. It's like the second greatest commandment, love your neighbors yourself. So if somebody sinned against us, it's our responsibility to go to them and say, hey, I sinned against you. Will you forgive me? And if somebody, uh, you have sinned against somebody and you know it, it is also your responsibility to go to them and tell them, hey, I, I ask you for forgiveness because I've done this or, you know, whatever the case may be. But we're to reconcile with people around us. That's what Jesus is saying. Now, that's the opposite of the world. The world doesn't want us to do that. But Jesus does. This is part of his teaching. This is part of if we follow Christ, we're obedient to his ways. The truth will set us free. So we do these things. Mark eleven twenty five, and when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them, so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. First John one nine, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us for our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So that is something that we need to do to get our hearts clear, so that we can worship. Make sure we're forgiven for our sins, and forgive those who have sinned against us. 
These are the stipulations for real spiritual worship. Cleaning your heart, confessing your sin, forgiving those uh, who have wronged you. This is an opening for our heart and a freedom for the Holy Spirit to come in and move in our heart. So worship, there are some stipulations here. We know who God is. We acknowledge his goodness, his holiness, his loving kindness, and all the attributes about him. We, there's you know many, many attributes. You can even write a list of his attributes. So when you don't feel like praising, you can read them and give God thanks for who he is and begin to praise him. As we do this, we line up into the spiritual truth of who God is, even in this dark world, and we enjoy the presence of God through worship. This has been the Clean Soul Podcast with Dennis Curtis. If you have questions or comments, feel free to visit me at thecleansoul.org. Thank you.